Welcome to the Pegasus Media Podcast. Two dudes and their opinions on sports. Come for the sports, stay for the craziness. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back into the Pegasus Media Podcast. I am your host, Carlos Fierro, and today we will be diving into a lot of interesting subjects, including what is going on with the Lakers and everything that is happening around the NBA. Now, I want to get started on interesting, some drama that is going on overseas in Manchester. So Manchester United and Cristiano Ronaldo, let's get into the drama of what is happening to Ronaldo with Ronaldo and Ten Hag and all of that crazy stuff. So first of all, let's go back to the beginning. Last summer, Chris to leave. He decided to leave Juventus to go to a new club. At the time, no one knew where he was going. Some said there was rumors that he could be going to Manchester City. Some said Chelsea. There was talks about a return to Madrid. But he ended up choosing Manchester United. Now, for those of you who don't know the history behind Cristiano Ronaldo and Manchester United, Manchester was really the club that made Cristiano. Ronaldo, before playing for Real Madrid, played for Manchester United. He went from Sporting, from uh, the Sporting Club in Portugal, to Manchester United, and he was a huge success. He won everything with Manchester. The FA Cup, a couple of FA Cups. Uh, he's won the Premier League multiple times, Champions Leagues with them a lot. And he even got to play with some of the best players like Wayne Rooney and all those guys. So he's always had a special, he's always had a Manchester in his heart. So he's always loved Manchester. And he said in, a mo- in multiple interviews that even before he actually came back to Manchester, that if he could ever go back, he would choose Manchester United. And that's what he did that uh, last summer. This was also the same summer that Lionel Messi was forced to leave Barcelona to go to PSG. So a lot of crazy things happened during that summer. So then Cristiano decides to join Manchester United, even though Manchester at the time was not really a good good team. They still aren't. You see what first season with uh, first season you go through many coaches. The team struggles a lot in the um, in the Prem. They don't look good, and not just that, he's not playing Champions League football. Cristiano Ronaldo not playing Champions League football. It's upsetting, but at the time he was at least playing. That is a key thing to note here, that he was at least, things were shaky at the start. They started to pick up, they started to win some games towards the end of the year, but then they really struggled in December. They lost a lot of games. They were terrible in the Europa League. They didn't, did not do good. So then they fired their current coach. They they fired their coach at the time. And then they bring in Eric Ten Hag, the current coach for Manchester United. And that is really when the whole Manchester United experience down the drain for Cristiano. To this day, I have no idea what Ten Hag has against Cristiano. But it's something because he has not played, he has not played in any of the important games for Manchester United since Ten Hag's been the coach. And that is insane because how are you not going to play from the best player that you have? Because let's be honest, even at his age, Ronaldo is still, in my opinion, the best player that Manchester United has right now. It's it's crazy to me. It's like, I can't explain why as a coach, you wouldn't play your best star player. And then here's something that I found really, really weird. After the Manchester City game that happened a couple months ago, a reporter asked Ten Hag why 
Cristiano Ronaldo didn't play that game. And he said it was because out of respect for Cristiano's big career, he didn't put him in the game against City. Now, that shows me two things. And these are two terrible things about the coach. That shows me you thought you were going to lose. You thought That shows me you thought you were going to lose from the beginning. So you're like, all right, I don't want Ronaldo to get uh, embarrassed by City. And then that also shows that you thought Cristiano Ronaldo couldn't help you. Because if, if okay, let's say you did think you were going to lose to City. Which probably, if we're being honest, he probably did. That's not what I find incredibly disrespectful. What I find disrespectful, and what I think Cristiano finds disrespectful, is the fact that he has not played in any of the important games. Didn't play against Liverpool. Didn't play, like he's played the Europa League. But man, with the roster that United has, should be fine in the Europa League. Like, he's not playing Cristiano, and I truly think it's personal. So now, Ronaldo gets upset. He's seen really upset in the benches. You've seen many games. But then, I I can't remember who they were playing, but this happened recently. Cristiano decides to walk off around the 80th minute. And now, according to Ten Hag, he also refused to be subbed on at the, like, the 89th minute. Which, look, if that's true, I do think Ronaldo... I think both parties are at fault here because I think Ken Hag, that is from a coaching perspective, that's disrespectful to do to a player. Like, yeah, you look, you, you can do that to a player who's like young, who's an up and coming, who, who wants to get experience. You can do that to him just to let him touch the end. But you're not going to do that to arguably one of the greatest players of all time. But now I also do think Ronaldo is at fault here because, man, yeah, I get it. You're upset and it's frustrating. But another thing you have to remember is you are still a part of the team. You are still a part of the club. And not just that, you are a role model to a lot of kids, a lot of people. So I don't I don't think it was the best look for Ronaldo to walk off. I get it. Tensions were high. And yeah, I do think this whole situation is just really bad right now. I think Ronaldo should leave United. I think they should have allowed him to leave over the summer. He wanted to leave. According to this, Manchester United, according to some, uh, a couple of reports that I read, Manchester United did not want him to leave because Ten Hag said uh, in an interview, when I quote, Cristiano is still a part of my plans. What plans? You have him sitting. What, the plans to be the greatest bench warmer of all time? That's what he is right now, man. If you're not going to use him, sell him. It's Cristiano Ronaldo, for Christ's sake. He should not be on the bench. He should not be on the bench. It's crazy to me. All right, this brings me to another topic, which is Cristiano Ronaldo came out earlier today. Well, I don't know if it was Ronaldo or if it was someone from his team, but he's. they said that Ronaldo is considering leaving European, fo- like European football as it is, and a move to the MLS does intrigue him more now than it did a couple months ago. But I will let you guys know where I think he should go and where I want him to go and where I think he is going to go. But first, I want to say this. The fact that you have this man literally considering leaving European football because you don't play him is outright insanity. This is crazy, man. We, I never thought we'd even, I'd even be having this talk about potentially Ronaldo in the MLS this quickly. I thought, yeah, maybe after the United contract and then maybe like, I I thought he still had me. I thought maybe after the World Cup and maybe after he left United, but bro, when you have a player like that 
saying these things it's it's crazy now if he were to go to the mls where do i where where do i think he's gonna go i will break this down in three ways where i want him to go where i think he should go and where i think he's going to go because they are those different answers where do i want him to go enter miami i'm not gonna hide it i want to see cristiano ronaldo in miami Mainly because I want to see, I want to watch Cristiano Ronaldo live. Yeah, like I, Inter Miami would be so cool. And it makes sense if we really analyze it. Ronaldo and Beckham are really good friends. Ronaldo and my, like Ronaldo is Miami. If we really think about it, Ronaldo is Miami. That nightlife, the cars, everything, man. Like that just, when you think of uh, who embodies a certain city, Ronaldo embodies the big cities like LA. New York, Miami. It really, I want to see him in Miami. Where do I think he's actually going to go? I think he's going to LA. If he comes to the MLS, I think he'll probably either, he'll probably do LA to LA. I don't think he's going to the Galaxy. I think he'd go to LAFC to play with his good friend, Gareth Bale. Yeah, it would make sense. You get to play with your friend. You're in LA and uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, man. Where would he fit best? Like beside... I'll taking taking out the like whole city situation and everything. Where where would football wise, where would he fit best? Cincinnati, man. I think Cincinnati FC with Cristiano Ronaldo would be insane. Cincinnati, they are explosive, they're young, they have speed, and they're really, really fast. But they don't have that true finisher. And now if you put Cristiano Ronaldo on that team, that team's dangerous. I I went I've seen, I went to an Inter-Miami versus FC Cincinnati game a couple of months ago and FC Cincinnati shocked me because I didn't think they were that good, but they showed out and I believe it was a draw. I can't remember the exact score, but FC Cincinnati played so well, so well. So I think Ronaldo in FC Cincinnati, I think Ronaldo with FC Cincinnati would be dangerous. Here's another thing I'm going to say, and I will go bold on this. This is going to be like my the first hot take of the episode. If he wants to leave, should he go? I don't think it's the MLS. I don't think it's the MLS. He should go back to Portugal. Go back to Sporting. Man, finish finish your career in your home, in your hometown with the, in the club that literally, that would be the most poetic way to end his career after every after the hell that he's gone through in Manchester. I think if he goes to Sporting, that would be a really poetic way to uh to um to finish his career. It would really be cool to see him like actually just make go full circle, starting as a, like a teen there to finishing his career there. Starting his career at one point, finishing it at the same in the same club would be really cool. All right, so all right, let's continue here in uh let's, let's stay in the premier league because i have some new uh there was some news reported a couple of uh days ago out of aston villa that they fired their head coach steve uh steven gerrard as if you don't know who he is he used to play for liverpool uh was on the english national team really great player really good player as a coach wasn't great in the premier league he, he used to coach rangers in the scottish league um he used to uh Coach, he was champion. I I believe he won the Scottish League with uh, Rangers. Had one of the best seasons with them. And then he goes to um, Aston Villa in England. And everyone was very like uh, excited to see what he could do. And really, he could bring to the table. New uh, 
maybe he could have done something knowing his track history in England. He really didn't, he really didn't do that. He really, uh, he didn't uh, deliver. I will say this, I've heard criticism about him saying how he couldn't get this done, but people don't understand how difficult it actually is to be a coach. Like, people have compared him to, uh, to Gary Neville's time in Valencia. Why do I, here's why I don't think it's fair to compare what uh, Neville did in Valencia to what Gerard did. Neville had a better uh, percentage, had a better win percentage. But here's, here's, here's why that's not a good argument. And this is something that uh, we had a debate about last episode with Armando. Which league is tougher though? Like Neville obviously should he should be expected to have a better uh, win percentage in Valencia because the league is easier than the Prem. So yeah, you look at who Valencia faced, especially at the time that Neville was a coach. And we are now getting a special guest, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so let's get back into this. Uh, Armand, I want to get your thoughts on the uh, Steven Gerrard firing. Uh, yeah. I think you could see it happen. Aston Villa was not performing the way that you would expect him to perform with a manager like Steven Gerrard over their wing. This is this is what my thing. Are you surprised it didn't happen earlier? Here's why I asked that, because when you look at the results. It's, I don't think he got fired because of like the losses. I think he got fired because of how they were losing. Yeah. What 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 do you say about that? Yeah, I mean, I mean losing to to Fulham three 0 Yeah, man, that that did yeah. it, bro. Losing to Fulham, it's uh surprising. Now, I I gave my thoughts on this uh a little bit earlier uh before you came on. Now I want to get your thoughts on this. Let's let's dive into the Cristiano Ronaldo situation in Manchester. Well, it has been progressing very quickly over the last year. Yeah. I know there has been a quote that I believe Roy Keane, that he is no longer the player whose performances won five Ballon d'Or awards, but he still appears to expect the status that those achievements gave him. Oliver Kay delivered bro, this. Look, I agree he's not the same player, but bro, he's still Cristiano Ronaldo. He is Cristiano Ronaldo. And everyone's like talking about him as he's like washed bro i want to ask you this if ronaldo was playing like every game and stuff how good would manchester united be in your opinion oh i saw this thing that this guy said was if he played most of the games he would be the premier league top scorer so so with that being said which i think that is he would be up there yeah. i think man united would be the top five i do think so because like I've watched most of the United games. I uh I didn't get to catch a lot of the uh Chelsea game, but I remember going back to that uh the the Manchester Derby. Man, I I feel like if Ronaldo was there, if Ronaldo played that game, maybe it would have been different. Now, I do want to ask you this next question. If Ronaldo plays all the games with Manchester United, and we both agree that he could be one of the top scorers, would Haaland be? Like, would we still be talking about Haaland as this crazy robot if Ronaldo was, like, playing every game and doing Ronaldo-esque things? A good question. I think he would still be up there. Like, but, I, it, but I see it more as, like, a duel between him and Haaland. Yeah, and I think that'd be that would that much that would be really good for the league because right now it's just Highland. <laughs> Literally, no one is gonna t no one's gonna get compared. No one's going to even compete with Highland for most goals in the Premier League this season. Yeah. What is he at? Like seventeen already? I think so. Yeah, I think yeah, seventeen. I saw this crazy stat: Kane 
has played 37. I don't think that's right. I, th- I think I know I what you're talking in about. In this year. I don't think it's in the current season. I think it's this year. Kane has 37 appearances and 17 goals. And Haaland has 11 appearances and 17 goals. Yeah, man, Haaland's a robot. And like, it's crazy. It's crazy how good he is. All right. Now, continue talking about uh, soccer, but let's move to Spain. Because this past weekend, we saw El Clasico. And I want to get your thoughts on El Clasico. Well, I'm going to be honest here. Barcelona started off like shit. I mean, there were some good moments, but overall, it was terrible. You could tell how much of a difference Araujo made in that defense. Yeah, man. Like, it's it surprised me how bad Barcelona looked. I was, ex- I was really expecting that game to be, like, crazy. I thought it was going to be a tough game for Madrid. It ended up not really being... The only time I actually, like, got a little nervous was towards the end. Towards the end, before the Rodrigo penalty. Another thing, and here's one of my takeaways on El Clasico, and this is not just a... Really, this is... I, I thought about this in El Clasico, but then I analyzed this a little bit more. Lewandowski didn't show up in El Clasico. No, he did not. If he did, Wait. that tapping would have gone in. Which now gets me thinking, man, is it time to... Ha- is Lewandowski overrated? I mean, one could say, but because... I don't know. I feel like he's been performing very well so far in La Liga. But here's the thing. He's been performing well against the teams that he's expected to perform well against. He should be... He should be scoring against these teams. But bro, he should also be scoring against Madrid. He should he should be going up. He has he's been a no-show outside of that inter Milan game. He's been a no-show when it matters the most. Bayern, he was nowhere to be found in Munich. He was nowhere to be found in Barca in uh in Madrid. I don't know, man. I'm I'm actually worried about um about Lewandowski. I mean, it might be true because in uh in the Bundesliga it's just Dortmund, and then there's just all of those teams that don't put up a fight. And I know we're pro- probably gonna get like destroyed on the comment section and in social media, but bro, Lewandowski has benefited from having easy competition. Like you just said, Bundesliga besides Dortmund, it has no one. And then really, if you look at this. La Liga, outside of Madrid and Atletico, there's not a lot of good teams. And then Lewandowski plays the one, like the really, the top team in La Liga, and he shies away from it. I want to ask you this as a Barca fan yourself. Who is to blame for for uh, for what happened in El Clasico? I think injuries played a part of it. I think Piqué started that game, right? I believe... I believe he did. Yeah, I heard a lot of people say Piqué and... Uh, yeah, I've heard a lot of people like blame Xavi and uh, about starting Busquets. I'm I, I'm wondering and I want to pass this question off to you and everyone uh, uh, watching. Comment down below your answers. Was Sunday Barcelona being that... Like, was did Barcelona really... Did Barcelona lose that game or was Madrid just that damn good? If you look at it, they have... Probably the best midfield in the world right now. Ballon d'Or winner, Karim yeah. Benzema. They have the best goalkeeper in the world. Who didn't play in El Clasico, by the way. True, true but Lunin. Lunin I mean, is... is extremely underrated. Oh, absolutely, bro. And here's another here's another thing, bro. We have an alien on our team by the name of Valverde. <laughs> like, bro, the like, I'm I'm yeah. genuinely curious. Was he like a like? Was he a sniper in his past life? The accuracy this man has from shooting outside the box is insane. Tony Cross tweeted something after El Clasico saying Valverde's top three in the world. Is he? 
I wouldn't, as far as say, the best midfielder in the world, but he is definitely the best young. And here's here's the crazy part, bro. Madrid has so much in that midfield. Chouamini, Gamavinga, who hasn't had a lot of chances because of how good we have Modric, Gross, Valverde. Like, bro, that is a world-class midfield. Benzema winning the Ballon d'Or at the same time. <laughs> My I add. Yeah. Let me ask you something. Is there any team in your Europe, in Europe, that you see that can stop Real Madrid? I would have said Barcelona during the time of the signings. Yeah. But now it's like Barcelona is just falling apart. Yeah, bro. I'm gonna be honest. Well, when we like were doing the episodes during the summer, talking about the Lewandowski signing and all of that, I was scared, bro, because I'm like, damn, Jesus Christ, these guys are like the PSG of Spain. Actually, going back to uh, to the Lewandowski talk that we just had, saying that he's un- overrated. Mm-hmm. If he won that, I think it was 2021 or like a 2020 Ballon d'Or, will we still have this conversation? We would have had this conversation a lot earlier. We would. I I I think had. He won the Ballon d'Or back in 2020. I think we would have had that conversation like during like that. Now, and that's my only knock on the guy. That's my only reason why I don't think he is Ballon d'Or caliber. Because of the competition, bro. Like Benzema, part of the reason why he won it is because, bro, he, last season he was on a tear and he like, he boarding against really, really good teams. Like PSG, uh, City. Chelsea. Chelsea, thank you. And, uh, and actually, he didn't score in the final. No, he, no, yeah. that was... PSG, yeah. Chelsea, never... That, that alone, bro, that, that's a Ballon d'Or caliber. So that's yeah, my only issue with Lewandowski. In all of those stages. Yeah. Like, he's... he's he that yeah, that is true. Against he Chelsea, had a hat-trick like against, against, against... Chelsea. Bro, to score a hat-trick against PSG, because, like, PSG's a, a, a super team, let's be honest. They are. They were a super team at the time we played them. So, now, I want to get your thoughts, continuing on the Barcelona train, on the Barcelona group stage, uh, on the Barcelona Champions League group stage. Our current situation right now, after that loss and the tie against Inter Milan, we are on the verge of going to the Europa League. But I've done my calculations. If Inter Milan, because no doubt they're going to beat, beat Victoria Plagen, they have to lose against in, against Bayern, which I hope they do. So if they lose and we win both games, then we could advance off goal difference. But here's the thing, dude. For all of that to work, the first thing is you guys have to be Bayern. I know. Now, here's the thing. I said you something earlier. Neuer, Leroy Sané, and Lucas Hernandez are all ruled out of the game against I don't know if that makes much difference because they are pretty stacked. Yeah. I think the Neuer one makes a little bit of difference. But now here's another thing, bro. Inter has to beat Bayern. No, Bayern has to beat Inter, right? For this to work? Bro, here's my here's what I fear and here's a conspiracy theory that I actually have. Let's say you guys somehow manage to beat uh Bro, Bayern is good. They're in already. So what if they decide just to say through it and they let Inter win just to mess with Barcelona for taking Lewandowski? I die right then in there. I don't think it, crazier things have happened, but I want Barca to make it to the second round, man, because to have that team and to play exactly in the Europa League again after all the trouble, all of 
that money spent. But it does show that much money being inverted into building a super squad, which is the same thing that PSG experienced last year. And it's here's something that I've thought about, like in the as 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 we were b- building the show this week, I was thinking about this. It's crazy, dude. It's crazy how how Barca's like fallen off in a way. In the Messi days, like in the peak Barcelona days, really, if you really think about it, in the peak Barca and Madrid days, Barca was always slightly better than Madrid. But now it feels like the tables have turned. I, I want to ask you this, and I I believe I texted you this after a, after a Clasico. How much pressure is on Xavi to win La Liga if if they can't? If they get eliminated in the first round of the champions, how much pressure is on Xavi to make to bring the La Liga title? All of it. Being brought in after Coman getting sacked, after getting eliminated in the in the Europa League, being brought in to bring a team of so much history back. He himself is on his way back to the the, the Europa League. Yeah. He has to win La Liga. Otherwise, he's, he's more than likely out too. The thing about winning... Here's the thing. La Liga... Winning La Liga is going to be tough. Really tough for Barca because of Madrid, bro. They're going to have to play Madrid one more time this year. Hopefully, it's different. Hopefully, it's not. Hopefully, it's not different. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, it's a more entertaining game. But hopefully, the outcome is still the same. <laughs> At least more entertaining. Yeah, bro. We need... That El Clasico, I'm like, damn, bro, what? Now, it's it's crazy how much El Clasico's, like, have gone... Man, I miss Messi and Ronaldo. <laughs> I miss Messi and Ronaldo in Madrid and Barca. So, yeah, now, now let me... Uh, let's close this segment off by me asking you this last question before we move on to a legend retiring. How worried are you as a Barcelona fan right now? Well, I'm not that worried. But, like, I pretty much accepted being eliminated from the trip. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I think La Liga is still a very good possibility. I mean, I think we can still fight. Hopefully, we can improve and uh, start beating the important teams, like you said, Real Madrid. A priority right now to beat Atletico Madrid, maybe. But other than that, I'm not too worried. I mean, I'm Barca being back in the Europa League. That's not what worries me. What worries me is how do you think like being eliminated is going to affect the players mentally when it continue to uh to continue the season? I know. Thinking about it, I think we might. I mean, it's gonna be. A fight still, but thinking about the other teams, I think like Juventus, Manchester United is a threat in the Europa yeah. League. One more team that was dropping from the Champions into the into the Europa League: Barcelona, Juve, Manchester. Well, technically, Manchester isn't dropping there; they are. Yeah, yeah, they're already there. Yeah, so is Roma. But it was probably those four. Yeah, a lot of big names in the Europa League this year. Who would have thought, bro? Who would have thought Barcelona, Juventus, and Manchester United being the Europa League? Imagine going. Imagine like someone telling you this like five years ago that Barcelona, Juventus, and Man United would all be playing in the Europa League. Is this an end to an era? It truly is. I mean, maybe. Who knows, bro? Maybe. Maybe the Europa League becomes the new champions. All right, let's move on to um. Let's move on to Frank Ribéry retiring. Yeah, Frank Ribéry retired, I think, yesterday or or today was his last game. I believe it was last night. Yeah, I think he retired at like 38 years old. He's pretty old. He's like, like LeBron's age. Yeah. <laughs> He's older than Ronaldo. Oh, yeah, that is true. Man, why, why do I always think... How old... Is Ronaldo 38 or 37? 37. I don't know why I always think Ronaldo's 38, but I'm going to be honest, bro. I'm, I I thought Ribéry retired a long time ago. I know. I know. He's like those forgettable players. 
Yeah. Ever since he left Bayern, I just... I thought he retired after the World Cup of 2014. Now, man, Frank Ribery retiring. What are your... What are you... What was what was your reaction when you heard he was retiring? My reaction was like, damn, he's still playing? That's exactly... That was... That's exactly... I actually believe I texted you that. I'm like, god damn, he's still playing? Because I... Bro, I kid you not, I thought he retired. Apparently, Buffon's still playing. I know. I think Buffon's playing like a city of Bay. Yeah. How is he not retired? I know. I think Buffon is like 40. Yeah. Now, seeing Buffon still play gives me hope that Messi and Ronaldo can play for a little bit longer. I'm I'm not ready, man. I'm not ready to see them go. I know. Just just thinking about life after their retirement, it's going to be completely different. Who are we supposed to watch? Holland? Not the same. How do I go from cheering Ronaldo to a robot? I mean, there's always Slatan. An upcoming youngster. That is true, bro. Slatan's never retiring. Bro, I promise you, we he will literally like we'll be have we'll be doing this show like in 2030 and we'll just be like opening the show, be like, oh my god, did you Slatan at age 72 had another hat trick? <laughs> it's, it is a very big possibility that Slatan just never retires. Honestly, he's still looking pretty fit. Bro, he, he's in incredible shape. He's in tremendous shape, honestly. For 40 years old, at the shape he's in, he could probably play another 10 years. <laughs> that is insane. <laughs> That is crazy. That is like insane, bro. That would make him that if I'm if I'm not mistaken, that would make him the oldest player to play to like play soccer professionally. Now, speaking about Slatan, this uh actually brings up an interesting point and a question that I want to ask you. Is Slatan the best player who have never played in the World Cup? He's never played in the World Cup. Sweden has never not Sweden has not made it to a World Cup yet. Or or that is at, actually insane. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they have. At least not in not in like recent times. Actually, hold on. I no. Well, Sweden has made it to the World Cup before. He just hasn't been part of those teams. He very well might be. Honestly, I can't think of another big name guy that isn't from one of those big countries. Well, right now we have like Haaland. He might never actually play in a World Cup. He's in Egypt. They haven't made it to a World Cup yet. That's it. Senegal did them dirty. Uh, Senegal's in this year's. Senegal did Egypt dirty. Like, did you hear what happened? And I guess, yeah. you see what happened? Salah was going to take a penalty. And I think it was the penalty that could put them into the World Cup. And the fans were pointing lasers in his eyes. And Bro, he that, that should be investigated, dog. That, that, that's ridiculous, man. All right, what is next? I'm mistaken. Is that all the soccer stories? Oh, no, I'm forgetting an important one, bro. Benzema winning the Ballon d'Or. Thank God he won, right? If it wasn't him. Bro, if it wasn't him, I wouldn't be doing this episode right now. I would probably be like, I I, I would have been arrested for like, uh, going up to the, I would have like, I would have, I would have, it would have been on site with me and whoever votes for them. Because bro, come on. He, he like, man, congratulations to, but now bro, that ball, it's crazy to think Benzema winning the Ballon d'Or. Your your boy Gavi won the young, the golden boy. Oh man, I shrank. Ignore me shrinking, guys. <laughs> and and Lewandowski won the, the best striker. Yeah. Award, I think. How is you know what's funny? Benzema? Didn't like, they make that much? award just for, for Lewandowski? 
I think so. Like, because I think they made that. That's like a new award, if I'm not mistaken, that they introduced after they robbed uh, Lewandowski of the Ballon d'Or. If Lewandowski won the best striker, why didn't Benzema win it? That is that is in the world, and he's a striker. Yeah, that is very true, though. Like, he he was the best player in the world. He's also a striker. But he doesn't win best striker. And now here's here's my big problem. Real Madrid didn't win best club. We were third. I think, yeah, we were third behind yeah. City. Third. I think they were Yeah. Bro, we know. beat both of those teams. We beat yeah, both of them. You guys won the champions, the, the a Super Cup. Yeah, the Super Cup. La Liga. And La Liga. Bro, we won four trophies. Not to mention, we had what? Courtois, Benzema, Modric, and Vinicius. We had four players in the top 10 of Ballon d'Or uh, nominees. If that's not top club stuff. Yeah, but bro, four, when you have four of the best players in the world, it's rigged. <laughs> Dude, when I saw that, I got scared. Because they announced that They announced that before the Ballon d'Or. When, they, when I saw Madrid wasn't the best club, I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, they're, they're not going to give it to him. <laughs> I'm like, they're, they're going to screw him. <laughs> the next you know it. Lionel Messi, number eight. Bro, I was like, nah, man, if Messi... Yeah, he wasn't even nominated. Oh, that's, that's crazy, bro. Ronaldo finished 20th and Messi wasn't even nominated. It truly is the uh, end of an era. Now, on the topic of, uh, of Ballon d'Or, who are some strong candidates right now as a league stand? All right, I'm going to give you... I'm, I'll give you my top 10 as of right now who could be next year. Uh, this is in no particular order as of right now. Um, Valverde is definitely on there because of the season that he's having. Haaland, bro. You, honestly, it's probably going to be Haaland next year. Yeah, Haaland. I'll put, Lewand I'll put Lewandowski there just out of stats and uh, respect. This might shock you. I'll put Neymar. I'll put Neymar because... Yeah. He's having a head of a season right now. Oh, absolutely. I'm actually going to put Messi in the top 10 too. Just on the fact that I'm predicting... Just on the fact that I think he'll win the World Cup. And like I said a couple of uh, episodes ago, if Messi wins the World Cup, he wins the Ballon d'Or. Bro, you win a World Cup. And then you are... Uh, if PSG does wins the league, that's it. That's all he needs to do. Now from... What? That's... Now who else would I put up there? Six, so four more. I'll put Sadio Mane. Just because of the season he's having with Bayern. So that's seven. Need three more. I'll put Mbappe there just because, bro. He's going to find a way to get himself in there. Now my final two are going to be... Uh, I'll put Vinicius because that man's going to like shock the world. And then the, my number 10 is going to actually be a shocker to a lot of people. But it, it's someone who I think is going to have a big season this year. Luis Diaz from Liverpool. He's going to shock us, bro. He's going to have... I think Liverpool's going to be... I think Liverpool's going to improve from where they are. I do think so. So I think Luis Diaz will be nominated. How about you? Who 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 do you think is going to win it next year? All right. And no specific order. I want to say Messi because he's having an extremely good season in PSG. A comeback season, performing very well. Mbappe, because he's scoring just off of that. And like you said, he's going to find a way to get himself in there. That's come on. 20 goals in like 8 games. That's Lewandowski. I think Darwin Nunez is going to surprise this season. The only reason I didn't put Nunez there is because I don't know if he can stay healthy. I'm going to go Vini, Valverde, and Rodrigo. Yeah, bro. Man, Rodrigo, he's something... He, he, Rodrigo's special, bro. We'll get into more of like, bro, it's crazy how good Brazil is, bro. And we'll get into this in a couple of weeks when we do our World Cup uh, preview and predictions. 
Make sure you guys subscribe so you don't miss that one. And you guys are also, you guys won't want to miss next week our Halloween special. That one's going to be good. I got some, uh, we've got some fun things. Halloween special. I've had, uh, after this, we'll, uh, we'll talk, we'll talk. It's going to be a good episode. I can just tell you that. So you guys have to make sure you do not miss that one. So make sure you subscribe, letting you guys know right now. All right, let's move on to the NBA because that has kicked off. And let's talk about some crazy, crazy things. Let's talk about like the performances on opening night, bro. Absolutely. A lot of players have popped off. Zion Williamson being one of them. Coming off obesity issue. <laughs> Man, he had 25 points, nine, and four steals. He went from Peter Griffin to LeBron James. <laughs> Bro, can, can like, how about the fact that they beat the Nets? They didn't just beat the Nets, bro. They dominated them. I, I caught, I was, I watched the game, glimpses of the game. Bro, New Orleans looked dominant. New Orleans dominated them, which now brings me into a question how good did it feel to see zion williamson back it felt nice. it felt nice i heard some people saying that uh duke zion might be making a comeback and i feel like that's too much but he, he certainly did surprise this is this is something that was funny obviously it's not a real quote by kd but oh. the <laughs> the most <laughs> the most the mo- <laughs> What, what was it again? That was, uh, it was, I have Martin Luther Irving and, uh, Brick Simmons on my team. <laughs> Man, that, that, that is one, that is a really funny quote. I, obviously it's not a real quote. Like, that, that is funny. It's funny what people on Twitter could come up with, man. NBA Twitter never ceases to amaze me with the fake reports and fake stuff. Next is Devin Booker with 28 points, 4 rebounds, and 9 assists. Man, Booker, Booker's a star, guys. Booker, here's 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 what I'm gonna say right now. The world better watch out for Devin Booker because he is going to have the best revenge season. Because bro, he got owned in the play in game seven. He got owned. Like Luca literally uh the Suns. Now Phoenix is coming up with a vengeance, man. They are coming back with a vengeance and i i love how good devin booker played the suns man they played really well booker was incredible what are your thoughts on devin booker i like that started of devin booker off of the 28 points but those nine assists surprising i like he's becoming more of a team player kind of learning from chris paul i mean bro i do i i agree with you on how the 29 points is expected from him didn't he bro this was a couple of years ago. Didn't he have like 70 points against the Celtics once? I know. If I'm not mistaken, I think that was his rookie year. Yeah, bro. The man dropped 70-something points on the Celtics in Boston. So Booker is a, is a tremendous scorer. I like I like how he's facilitating more for uh, for his team. Yeah, and, and it was a pretty close game as well. 105 to 107. Yeah, man. That was a... It was a fun game. Now, how about John Morant? 35, 4, and 9. Bro, John Morant is a... He's a dog, man. A couple nights ago, he had like a 40-point... I think it was last night that he dropped 40. Like, bro, John Morant... John Morant... And I've said this. John Morant is what... John Morant is... Is John Morant is if Russell... John Morant is what Russell Westbrook is if Russell Westbrook was actually good at basketball. If Westbrook didn't suck, he would be John Morant. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, man, John Morant is such a fun player to watch. 35, then he drops 40. Bro, he's incredible. He is incredible, man. And next, DeMar DeRozan, 37 points, 6 rebounds, 9 assists. This one hurts because it came at the hands of the Heat, which, by the way, bro, how about how about the god-awful start the Heat have had? 0-2 currently. Well, we're 1-2. and we, we are 1-2. and two. We beat the Raptors last night. But, bro, to start 0-2, and, and here's my problem, and I'm going to go uh, deeper into the Heat in a uh, random sports guy episode coming out pretty soon but bro the heat did nothing in the offseason nothing true we I did they were nothing caught up in the in the kd thing and they were caught up in a lot of bro we were caught we were rumored to literally get everybody mitchell goes to the Cavs. kd stays in brooklyn you the only good the only thing we actually did do was get rid of pj tucker why the hell did we get rid of pj tucker <laughs> i think also Resign Haslam. Like he doesn't do anything. That one's just out of respect. I, I'm, I'm. Yeah, out of respect. I, I, I can never say anything bad about UD. I believe he's going on 20 seasons. Yeah, he is retiring after this year, though. Hopefully, they give him an assistant coaching job. That'd be cool. But bro, back to the DeRozan. DeRozan played. That was for me the best I've seen DeRozan since his Toronto days. Since his Toronto days. After watching him last season, he's definitely been gaining on some form. He's turning into his old self again. Yeah. Now I want to ask you this. Right now, which, in your opinion, which version of Demar is better? Toronto Raptors Demar or Chicago Bulls Demar? Toronto Bulls Demar will always have a. Uh... Thank you. <laughs> Dude, I heard Toronto Bulls. I'm like, what? Oh, wait, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed that. Yeah, I don't know. I I thought it was like the like like a technical difficulty or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I am actually gonna say this, and I think the Bulls version is better than than the Raptors version because for me, he's more mature now than what he was in Toronto, and he's making less mistakes. Yeah, I will say that Chicago DeMar, I believe, is a better all-around player than his time in Toronto. Now, what I will say, I will, I do want to bring this point up. Part of the reason why I think he's a better player in Chicago than he is in Toronto is because he went through everything he went through in Toronto. And he also got like, bro, let's not forget, he was coached by Greg Popovich for like a good two to three years when he was in San Antonio. So that helps too. Being coached by arguably coaching NBA history, a big plus. Damien Lillard, 24 and 8. Bro, Damien Lillard is just Damien Lillard. He, uh, he had this, he like just dropped 40 today against the Lakers, which we're going to get into the Lakers because boy, do I have things to say. I know it's early in the season, but I want to ask you this. Is this the year that we see Damien Lillard win MVP? Hopefully. I mean, he deserves to win something. Yeah, bro, he needs something. He needs to have, like, something, man. Because uh, a championship ring probably not going to happen unless he leaves Portland. And we will know he's not going to leave Portland. Yeah, he's not leaving. He's, no. he's loyal to a fault, which is a good thing. But in this case, it might be hurting him. Man, Damian Lillard, he is such a fun player to watch. Last year, he was dealing with the injuries, and it was kind of disappointing to watch and stuff. But yeah, I, 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 I enjoy watching Damian Lillard. He is such a great player. I loved his performances to like uh, that on opening night 
And now tonight against the Lakers was crazy good. It's Rudy Gobert with 23 points and 16 rebounds. Bro, that game was crazy. That uh Timberwolves game was... What was, does, what was the final score for that game anyway? It was 108-115 to the Timberwolves. Yeah, man. The Timberwolves. I saw that opening night game and I then I saw them lose to the uh jazz like a couple nights ago it 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 looks weird to see him in a uh in a timberwolves jersey because i'm surprised actually at how good he fit into minnesota with cat yeah i'm i'm surprised at how good that timberwolves and it, i feel like i'm always saying that like each year i'm always surprised on how good the timberwolves are but bro are they a threat this year? I would think so. Go Bear, Cat, two defensive monsters. Not to mention Cat can shoot threes. And yeah, then D'Angelo Russell. Thing or two to go Bear. And then D'Lo. You have Anthony Edwards, who's a beast. Bro, he's like a beast. Dog. So yeah, I definitely, I think the Timberwolves are a really good team. Yeah, moving on. Paulo Banquero, the third player with 25 plus points, 5 plus rebounds, and 5 plus assists. Kareem and LeBron. That's, that's good company to be in during your rookie game. Bro, for your first career game and you get to be in company with LeBron and Kareem, he's such a good player. He's so, so, so good. And I, I can't wait for when the Heat play the Magic in Miami because I want to go to that game just to see Paolo. It sucks that Chet got hurt. Imagine the uh, the rookie of the year race between Paolo and uh, Chet. What are your thoughts on, on Banquero? I mean, the sky's the limit. I was just, he is pretty fast. He is very fast. Yeah, but he's a lot faster than I thought he was actually yeah. going to be. Yeah, and he hustles, which is very good. And another thing is, dude, he also, like, he plays the game with a passion. He loves the game. It's like, there's, there's players who you see, like, they don't hustle as much and they're just there. Not, like, they, they're not really into it. This man's, like, into it. He hustles. He dives for every loose ball. It's like a, a good a good look for a rookie. How about James Harden? There, There is a couple things I want to talk about that game, but let's start with James Harden, bro. He is perfect. Performances are insane. But now here's here's my problem with it. And this has been my problem with James Harden all the time. He's an incredible regular season player. I need to see him do what he's doing now from playoff time. Exactly what I believe he said last. It is. As well. Yeah, and I believe he struggled in the playoffs. It's James Harden. He always does, bro. Now, I want to ask you this, bro. Joel Embiid. I mean, he's going after that MVP this season. What was that game? He had what? Like, in that Boston game, 26, 15, and 5. He was a beast, bro. How good is Joel Embiid, bro? Top 8 players in the league. I think what hurt him is the Sixers-Bucks game, where I think he, like, was only had like 12 points that, that hurt him but man i love Embiid. i i he's so fun to watch bro how how about like the big men of nowadays like Jokic, uh cat Embiid, Adebayo, like guys like that that's really really in the modern day currently in the sport it's important all of the big men to be able to do to be able to do a little bit of everything to help the team yeah and like i'm noticing this and like we could literally do an entire episode just on this topic but like bro the game is evolving like you it's getting to like a, a point where like the positions are literally like changing in a way that like if you think about it now if you're a point guard you have to like shoot the ball from like crazy long ranges but like besides the point guard position bro if you look at the shooting 
really positions are like kind of dying out because like now you can see any player run any position bro you could put lebron at point guard you could put lebron at center like there's so much versatility in this uh modern day game all right let's move on the los angeles laker very faulty this season as we're recording this they are 0-3 they lost to the warriors clippers and lost to the blazers let me ask you something before i we before i go on a crazy rant here who's to blame for the lakers honestly i don't know but i will tell you what after that tweet you sent me that they're like 20 off of 100 yeah they're like 20 out of 119 threes threes bro they shoot way too much dude they they shouldn't be bro there is no reason why russell westbrook should ever attempt a three-pointer in his life bro why are you shooting you might actually be worse than ben simmons god man what's through this i'm gonna look into the camera and i'm gonna go on this round right now bro the lakers if you're a lakers fan i am truly sorry this team is a disgrace of a basketball team they they are probably not a good dude they might not even be better than the g league they are wasting lebron's years because they have a gm who has no idea what he's doing why are you shooting if you see that your shot isn't falling why are you why are you even attempting 193 threes or like 113 i don't know what bro now let me ask you something. How much of a blame does LeBron have? I don't think he has sole problem. It is partially his fault because he built this team. And another he thing is... These together. Here's another thing that might actually come back to haunt them. They wanted to get... De DeMar DeRozan was ready to go to the Lakers. And they chose Russell Westbrook over DeMar DeRozan. Not to mention, dude, they traded away Kyle Kuzma. They gave... Caruso's gone. Lonzo Ball's gone. Bro, it's sad to watch the Lakers. It re it's painful, dude. It's It hurts. I, it genuinely hurts to watch the Lakers. I literally turned off the Blazers game this, uh, this, this afternoon. I couldn't watch it, bro. Because, dude, the Lakers, they just play terrible. And the crazy part is, dude, they're so bad that they could actually be in contention for Victor Wambayamba. But here's the problem with that. Stick to that. But here's the thing. They don't have their first round pick this year. New Orleans owns it. Uh, wait. The Anthony Davis trade. They don't have a first. Is that the uh, 2019 pick? The Lakers' next first round pick is in 2027. Because they gave up a ton of picks to get AD. They gave up a couple picks to, give, to get Westbrook. So even if they tank, they're not keeping their pick. How, what do you, how do you think the Lakers can solve this problem? I don't a solution. Oh, yeah, no. All right, I will say this. This is going to be a start. Get rid of Russell Westbrook. But like, bro, here's the thing. Here's my problem. Who wants to take Russell Westbrook? Because... He's so bad. He's so bad that he that he won't do anything to contending teams. So contending teams don't want him. But he's also so good that he'll hurt teams that are trying to tank. Yeah. So like, he's no one could take him, bro. Isn't that what happened with uh with Washington? They wanted a tank, but they couldn't because Westbrook is so good. Bro, it's tough. What are your final thoughts on the Lakers? Focus on deciding what you want to do. And here's the thing, dude. If you think about it, Ronaldo and LeBron, and we had this conversation yesterday. Ronaldo and LeBron are in the same position. They're being wasted by their teams. But LeBron actually has. That's true. And and, and LeBron is actually playing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Didn't they say that the that the Lakers are interested to consider trading the run? I think something like that. 
Yeah. LeBron, do it. Get LeBron out of it. But now, let's say whoever gets the number one overall pick, probably OKC. Would that make sense for OKC, though? Or, like, for whoever... Would that really make sense for whoever gets the first overall pick to trade for LeBron? I don't know. Because like, like, Victor, probably just as good as LeBron was in high school. And I think he's he actually better. A future. Like, he, he would already he, be extremely dominant and be a future person in LeBron three years left. Uh, yeah. It's, it's just, the Lakers are in a tough spot to like compete and do anything. It's tough. It's a tough situation to be in. And to think like how t- like. Just two years ago, they were champions of the NBA. Just like Barcelona. Crazy how things turn around so quick. Who do you see currently winning NBA? Like a serious title contender. I think Golden State. I think Golden State is still the best team in the league. And I think Golden State actually repeats. I know last week I said the Heat, but I take that back. (laughs) I will actually admit I was wrong. I, I thought that he were actually going to be something. I don't think they will be now. Right, but like, how about the Clippers? Like, they are back at full strength. Here's the only, here's the thing. I don't know how, bro, can the Clippers stay full strength, though? I know, Kawhi and Paul George struggled with injuries last year. Yeah, and John Wall, too, dude. John Wall struggles with injuries. Right, and John like, Wall, really? He's on the Clippers? Oh, yeah. Yes, John was on the Clippers. Well, I forgot about that. So did, you so did I until I saw him playing against the Lakers. And then, like, my problem with Milwaukee is, bro, Giannis can do everything, but you need someone else to step up. Middleton struggles with injuries and isn't always good in the playoffs. Philadelphia, James Harden's a liability in, in, the, uh, in the playoffs. Brooklyn, we don't know if Kyrie's going to be available. We don't know if Ben, ben Simmons just sucks. Man, like he can't. He's not good, man. And then who's left? Maybe the Grizzlies. I think it's too uh, early for them. Yeah. Dallas. Besides Luke, if you slow down Luca, you beat the da- you beat the Mavericks. It's, it's difficult, dude. So right now, I would say Golden State. How about you? Who is who? Who? Who's the team that you think wins it all? I agree with you on the Warriors. I do have the Grizzlies. I'm not saying that that they're title contenders, but the Rockets do seem to be turning around. I mean, I think Boston is a contender. The only reason I d- don't say them, and they'll be, the only reason I have Golden State over them, is because of what's going on with their coach and the whole situation. So yeah, right now I think Golden State's the best team in the league and probably gonna repeat. What's crazy thing is, bro, like they could actually just go, like they could rebuild that whole dynasty. They could literally win like three more. Steph has four rings, right? Yeah. So winning. Seven. <laughs> he would have more rings than Jordan. Bro, there's a world where Steph Curry retires with more rings than Michael Jordan. How old is Steph? I think he's like 31. In his early 30s? So yeah, I would definitely say that that I would say I think my pick right now is Golden State. He's 34. Three more years, 37. I could see him. I mean, yeah, I mean, and they could be a dynasty. 100% have that potential. Oh, yeah, I think Golden State wins it this year. I believe what? That's it, right? Uh, oh, yeah, I wanted to finish. I want to finish off with this, bro. Bradley Beal. I will no longer be tolerating any disrespect towards Bradley Beal. He is a star. He is a superstar. That's enough said. Bradley Beal for president. Actually, I do have one more about Steph Curry. Apple is producing... A documentary. Oh yeah, the Stephen Curry documentary. Bro, I hope, I, I want to watch it, dude. I, I, I'm excited for these documentaries, because like, I think Shaq's gonna get one too. Shaq? Damn, damn, that's gonna be very interesting. I want, I can't wait for them to make like a Messi and Ronaldo documentary. Honestly, there have been a lot of sports documentaries coming out recently. Yeah, and let me, let's close the show off with this. What are some sports documentaries you would love to see? I would love to see Messi and Ronaldo sitting down like they did with that Jack and Kobe. Yes! 
just that would be dope dude i would love to see like a uh you know you know who i would love to see have that like face-to-face conversation jordan and lebron that'd be cool if if lebron actually manages to pass jordan that's the greatest you know what i would love the day that lebron passes kareem i would love for kareem to interview lebron that 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 would be really cool and i would love to see like a uh i'd I would love to see like a uh, a like a tight a la- a last dance type documentary on last season's Real Madrid on last year. Oh Real yeah, Madrid. that'd be dope, yeah. bro. Or like a all or nothing. That is true, dude. I would love to see an all or nothing, but like combine Real Madrid and Barcelona and just follow both of them like for an entire year. All of these are very interesting. All of these are great ideas. Are Hollywood, great. you should take them. All right, so talk about one last. Year. Dude, the other day I watched the uh, the the Redeem team. Bro, that is such a good documentary. I, I know it's so inspiring. Bro, I have stayed up. Literally, I think like I binge watched it all in a night. I can't even remember. I know I started at like midnight. I don't even know what time I finished. I didn't even expect Kobe to be in it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you. The first time I like when I first saw Kobe on the screen, I actually started crying. I'm like, oh my god, damn. Because it hit me, like, it hit me that he's gone, dog. But yeah, bro, I love that documentary. It is very good. And I can't wait to see, like, what... I can't wait to see what documentaries they come up with after the World Cup. I don't care whoever wins it, but I just want to see a documentary, like, Road to the... Bro, they should do, like... Like, the FIFA should, like, get a licensing deal with, like, I don't know, like, Amazon or someone. And, like, they should do a whole documentary series of following around, like, the different countries before the world like and call it road to the world cup and then you can see what each country does to qualify during the actual world cup they did it with uh, argentina currently i don't know if they're going to follow them during the world cup yeah i know they did it with uh i believe during the copa america until the road to guitar yeah they, they should do, bro they literally should do like a drive to survive type thing like Netflix has this really dope uh, Formula One documentary called Drive to Survive, and it just follows all the teams around. They should do that, but like soccer and basketball style. Man, these ideas should be. We should do these ideas, bro. We should be hired. We should be hired. We should be. We should be Hollywood executives, and then we could also produce Chalky Chalky versus Boss Baby. It will happen one day, my friend. It will happen. I mean, Christ's sake, bro. Boss, I have a Boss Baby here. I just get a Chucky. Get a camera and we make them fight to the bad. We just make them fight to the death. This is one really weird episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think that is it. Unless you have uh, any other topics. Thank you so much for listening, everybody, and watching. Uh, for our YouTube audience, make sure you uh, hit the like button and subscribe and turn on your bell notifications so you don't miss any of the exciting stuff we have, including World Cup coverage, a lot of fun stuff, our Halloween episode, and so much more stuff coming up. Uh, Thank you so much, everybody. Peace.